Love is a tree that grows and can never die. That's why we feel so deeply. And that's why, you know, we have a song in the show. Love never dies. It's called Love Never Dies. You know, and so that unraveling and those planting seeds of love, like it's all interconnected into the story. And it just, it just illuminates that the human experience is uh, a unique one. And it's okay to feel. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to cry. And it's okay to just be. Even if you don't know how to feel, it's okay to sometimes just be. The art of making art is putting it together bit by bit. Justin Payne, a native of Omaha, has been a lover and creator of music since he could speak. He has a master's degree from Michigan State University and has performed in Italy, Vienna, and China. And he shares that nothing brings him more satisfaction than to be able to create his own groundbreaking work of art on stage. Danny Cleveland, affectionately referred to as Omaha's first lady of R&B, is a gifted singer, songwriter, actor. She's a sought-after talent on the Omaha stage and has also worked internationally as a performer in Dubai. Together, they've collaborated on Heaven Come Home, a new musical about what it would be like to have one more day with a loved one who has passed, and Little Brown Boy, about gentrification. It's my blessing to have worked with Justin and Danny, and as you listen to our conversation and hear their passion, I'm sure you'll understand why. Listen in. Let's kick this off. Welcome, Justin Payne and Danny Cleveland, to the Broadway's Bit by Bit podcast. What a pleasure it has been for me to work with both of you as a writing composing team, and a joy to have you both here. Welcome. Wow. It's a pleasure. <laughs> we just having us promo of Heaven Come Home from when we did that workshop. And it is powerful. And it's reflective of the work that the two of you created. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still kind of speechless. It just gets to the heart of the work that you're creating. And let's just jump in with that. Like, tell us, tell us about Heaven Come Home. For someone who's never heard about it, what is Heaven Come Home? Danny, tell us about it. Heaven Come Home is a story of people that are dealing with grief, sudden loss, forgiveness, overall mental health. Because sometimes when you lose people, you don't know where your mind is going to go. You don't know how you're going to deal with it. And when when you're dealing with it, you don't know who you're going to push away with your grief. Who's going to be in your corner when you're dealing with your mental health issues? And we're just wanting to tell the story of how you can grieve, but you can't push people away because you don't know when you're going to need them. You need you need your circle. You need your support system. And um, the main character, Melvin, He wants to commit suicide because his mom suddenly passed away. You know, because grief is so personal, oftentimes when we lose people, we feel a sense of isolation because of those interpersonal relationships that we have with the people that have passed away. We feel like no one else can necessarily 
relate, relate to how we're how we're feeling. But you know, there are people who have lost a grandmother. Mm-hmm. There are people who have lost a child. There are people who have lost an aunt or an uncle or a mother or a father. And while those may not be our particular relatives, the love that we share between, you know, those family members is oftentimes the same. And I think the other the other side of that token is, you know, grief also produces like an unraveling of everything that you went through with said person. And that unraveling oftentimes pushes us or can push us to the edge. And if, like Danny said, you're not in a in a mental space to be able to deal with that unraveling, then we as humans, we 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 take on different coping mechanisms to fill those voids and or to distract us from the unraveling, because sometimes that unraveling is painful. And that is well, what Danny was saying with Melvin, that his grief just got so painful. Um, and that unraveling of his feelings just became too much to bear. So, you know, the easy way out would be to take his own life. You know, when you don't. And sometimes, but sometimes when you're like, if you lose someone really close to you, you feel like nobody can relate to you. Even though you know you're not the first person this has happened to, and you won't be the last, but you feel like it's just you. Danny, you said it so beautifully that having come home deals with grief in real ways, and it's not easy, and it's not linear. I was so impressed when the two of you recommended that we had a grief counselor in the space, not just for rehearsal, but during our, you know, our public workshop. But Danny, what, what do you hope people will take away from the show, like having experienced a show, because as much as we deal with grief, it also is very hopeful. I want people to know that you are not alone and there are avenues that you can take to to help to heal your heart and your mind. Um, I want people to go away with the feeling of knowing that there is always going to be love surrounding you. And it's up to you to receive that love. That's beautiful. How did the two of you, Justin, Danny, how did the two of you come together to be a writing team? How did that happen? You know, so I've always admired Danny. She's an artist in Omaha, Nebraska. She's sung on a lot of stages in the city. She's also now an international artist. Um, Kudos to Danny. Um, But... And I've always admired her. I was younger and, you know, look up to people that you see working. And it's so ironic that we would become close through our friends that we lost during COVID. You know, we but we've always like Danny's known of me. I've known of her. I've known of her. But we never like, you know, clicked or meshed like that until we joined a group chat together. (laughs) We got to see each other, you know, in a, in a, in a deeper light. And from that, you know, a part of that knowing of Danny is, you know, she's always written and worked in drama at her church and, you know, Christmas productions, uh, resurrection productions, Easter productions. And so, um, you know, I was just like, 
And I was always doing theater. So it was like, let's just try it. And so I had, you know, an idea and I had taken it to um, another person. And I was like, I think Danny should be a part of it too. And so that's how, you know, that's how we got together. And then from there, it's like, we work well together and it doesn't feel like work. So let's just keep doing this. And now as the years go by, Justin has become my mentor. <laughs> With all of the gifts and the talent that he has and the education and He's just so smart and so wise beyond his years and such a gifted musician and writer, songwriter. And so now he mentors me. I call him for advice on a regular. <laughs> and he hasn't turned me away yet. So he's stuck with me. <laughs> it really is so fun to watch the two of you work together. Justin, talk about how Heaven Come Home is a tribute to the Tibbs. If you feel comfortable. Um, yeah, you know, it didn't. It didn't start out that way, you know, it just it started out, you know, as something that I was just like, you know, we all deal with grief and loss in different ways. And when we started this idea, it was December of 2019. We had heard, you know, we had heard little inklings of a of a mysterious virus that was brewing, you know, in the world. And it's like, oh, okay, it's nothing serious. Not going to come to the U.S. It wasn't going to make it to the U.S. You know, we were fine. And we got to writing and we realized that even then, like, I would say we realized, but we didn't realize, like, the impact that the show would have. And so when we were writing the characters, it's the God has a way of orchestrating things, if I can say that, is a way of orchestrating things that, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says all things work together for the good of them. And it's literally all encompassing, not just good stuff, but bad stuff, indifferent stuff, you know, stuff that you don't even think is connected to what you're doing is a part of what you're doing, right? So, we, you know, we were writing these characters and we had um, this mother-son character that's always been in the show. And we wrote a song called Me and My Mama. And we had sent it to our friend Carlos to listen to it. And he was just blown away because he was able to connect with it on a deep level because he was an only child. And the connection that he had made with that song and then, you know, further making the connection with the story he he loved it and his mom loved it too and that was in march of 2020 so as the pandemic progresses you know we get close to having our first draft done and then we finish it and fast forward to early august and we get you know a message from lydia that says hey i think carlos is contracted you know, COVID. So he got it first. And, you know, we're August now. So it was past, you know, we, we were like shut down March. Right. So August is like, oh man. So we're nervous because I don't think up until that point, none of us had ever gotten it because we were isolated, but none of us had ever gotten it. And so, you know, Carlos had gotten it and then he had started to get better. 
And then Lydia comes back and she says, even though we took precautions or whatever, I have it. So we were like, man, okay. And so it was about maybe a week later, Carlos had begun to get better, even better than he was. was. But Lydia was getting worse. And we were on um, an app called Marco Polo where it's like video chats. And Lydia was in the bed and she was just saying, you know, how in pain she was and how bad she felt. And I'll never forget me. Danny and I had done a virtual event that morning. Sorry to wrap this up. This story is getting long. But Danny and I had done a virtual event. Um, it was a Saturday morning. And when I pulled up to the venue, Danny was getting out of the car. And I said, Lydia didn't look good. And she said, no, she didn't. I was like, I don't know. That's just scary. She just didn't look like herself. It, she did not look good or sound good. And we both agreed like, wow, it was it was scary. And so that was Saturday. And then Sunday, she made a Facebook post that just, she said, my body's aching all over. I can't feel, you know, certain parts, certain parts. She said it hurts to blink were her exact words. Like it even hurts to blink, right? That was Sunday. Monday, I got a frantic call from Carlos saying, I think my mom's dead. And I said, Oh, the ambulance. Don't call me. He said, I've already called him. I said, well, I can't necessarily come inside because you guys have COVID, but I will come, you know, be with you until, you know, we get it all figured out. So um, I just I just rushed there and I sat I sat, sat in the parking lot. The rescue squad was there. Um, one of her siblings had come and I had called him back and I said, hey, I'm outside. You know, if you need anything, I'm here. I can't come in, but I'm here. I'm right outside your balcony because they lived on the first floor. And he said, okay. And he said, she's gone. And I was just like, okay. And like everything stopped. Like everything just froze. Because in that moment, I was just like, now this disease has hit close to home like this. And I was like, okay. So I was like, well, I'm not leaving. I'll still be here with you. So I was there um, when they, you know, put her in the bag and wheeled her out. And he was so just out of it that I had to make that call to Danny and to another one of our friends who was in that group chat, which because of, you know, how their family setup was, was, you know, I was okay with making that call because it was just them. But he wasn't in a position to make those calls. So I called Danny first. And I just was crying. I said, you know, Lee's gone. Sorry. She, you know, she's gone. Just, you know, what do, what do you say in that moment? And then I called her other friend, our other friend, um, and told her. And, you know, of which, you know, they, Danny and our other friend has been friends with Lydia years before I was even born, you know, years of friendship, you know. And so making that call was very, very difficult. So the next day we were back on Marco Polo, you know, reminiscing, making sure that we, you know, making jokes, doing everything, just making sure that we were showing and surrounding Carlos with as much love as he could possibly 
have in that moment because, you know, their family was a tight knit family and it was his grandparents. And when they passed, it was just him and his mom. Hence the song, Me and My Mama, right from the show. And so, you know, we were just surrounding him with love and, you know, he cried. It was it was a normal, you know, we're going to get through this. And mind you, by then he was fine. You know, he was healing from COVID. His cough had gone away. He was good. Um, and then fast forward to Wednesday, I was in rehearsal or headed to a rehearsal for something else. And Danny called and she said, uh, nobody's heard from Carlos today. Something may be wrong. Have you heard from him? And I said, no, but you know, he's grief stricken. He's been staying up the past two nights. Maybe he's just sleepy, you know? Let's just give him rest if we don't hear from him by, you know, it was like one o'clock. So it was like 11 o'clock when I got that call. I was like, if we don't hear from him by one, then we can panic. So then Danny calls me back shortly thereafter and goes, he's gone too. And I said, okay, well, I can't necessarily take this right now because I'm going into a rehearsal. So I'll deal with it later. So I pulled it together. I went and did my rehearsal for an hour. And then my mom lived around the corner from where my rehearsal was at. And so once that was over, I just went to my mom's house because I think by then she had already received uh, the news from someone else as well. And I just, oh, I think because I told my wife. And so my wife had gone to my mom's house and was waiting for me to get there um, as well. And that's when I just kind of was like, you know, just all just just came out, you know, and, you know, it was it was kind of around that moment, you know, that I just was like. This is who we're now doing this for. You know, this is who we're now doing this show for. And, you know, Danny and I both had enough strength. Danny sang um, at the service and I gave words and sang as well. And, you know, it was a double funeral for mother and son. Very poetic in the sense, you know, me and my mama. And, you know, that day we we memorialized him and that was it. It happened fast. It happened in two days. <laughs> we memorialized him within a week. And that was that was my first sort of real life. I'll say grief happening as an adult where, you know, it, it, it grew me up, but it also sobered me and humbled me to the fact that life really is a vapor. It's that it is a vapor. It can come quick and it can go quick. And, uh, that unraveling happens over a long period of time. And I was just talking with a friend the other day and I had never really like talked through how all of that happened. I just would say to my wife every now and then, I can't believe they're gone. You know, that was like, I'm still struggling with the fact that they're gone, but I actually talked to a friend the other day and talked through how all of that happened. And, you know, we are, coming upon three years being removed from this and the unraveling, it never stops because as people live and they sow seeds of love, love is 
If you sow those seeds of love, love is a tree that grows and can never die. That's why we feel so deeply. And that's why, you know, we have a song in the show. Love never dies. It's called Love Never Dies. You know, and so that unraveling and those planting seeds of love, like it's all interconnected into the story. And it just, it just illuminates that the human experience is uh, a unique one. And it's okay to feel, it's okay to hurt, it's okay to cry, and it's okay to just be. Even if you don't know how to feel, it's okay to sometimes just be. So as a person close to someone who lost someone, you just have to give them that space. And you might have to love them from a distance for a minute. You know, let them know that you're in the corner. Let them know you always be there for them, but you have to let them go through that process. Thank you, Justin and Danny, for sharing that. It's so personal, and I just hold that space and honor and respect the the lives of Lydia and Carlos Tibbs. And what a beautiful way to memorialize them with a show that deals with all the nuances of grief. I mean, the joy, the laughter. The song to me that, that just sticks out is the idea that what I would do to have one more day with you, you know, and we, Justin, you've tracked like people, like specific examples of people who have been through grief and say that phrase, what I would do to have one more day. And that song that the two of you created and this whole piece is such a tribute to them. Thank you for sharing the story. I think it's really powerful. And I will say this, I have to add this and, you know, if you allow your mind to become idle while you're grieving, that is one of the other things that can push you to the limits. And so one of the things that Danny and I did right after losing our friends, something that we had already planned to do was work on another show. Mm-hmm. And not even, it was a week after we memorialized them and funeralized them that we wrote our next show. We spent a week in, you could say, creative isolation. And we literally allowed that energy that came from our grief to allow us to write another show called Little Brown Boy, which is a show that encompasses the Black experience where even when you get the short end of a stick, you still come out on top. And even in that show, we've honored our friends in creating a strong black family unit and even more specifically the relationship between a mother and son and the complexities of that relationship, but also, you know, the love, like one of the things we said when we were, when we were going to like agree to start working together is that we just have to be honest about our experiences as African-Americans as African-Americans, but also making sure that we show as much love, on stage as we can. And so, you know, we, we, we let the, we let that, that, that energy from the grief fuel us to continue writing and to continue working because sometimes that is also part of the healing too, is to continue on, you know. Danny, what do you do? Does it ever feel like you're writing in a vacuum? Like how, what advice would you give for other writing teams when it gets tough? How do you keep going? Just keep going. It's going to get hard. You're going to have those days where 
where you cannot pull it together, but you press, keep pressing, going to be a blessing right when it's hard, right when it's, when it's, um, when you're sad, right when you're happy, just keep going. Justin, I know you're headed out to speak, uh, celebrating the Black music experience, uh, all the contributions to this beautiful world. Uh, the two of you have the last word. If people want to find you and your work, where would we go? Uh, you can find me at Justin J. Leon on Instagram or Justin Payne on Facebook. And I'm Danny Cleveland on Facebook and underscore Danity Cool on Instagram. And you also can find some of our music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. If you search um, One More Day, yes, YouTube, uh, search One More Day, Heaven Come Home. Um, if you're on YouTube, also, we posted another snippet from um, another song on our YouTube page. Uh, so just search out Heaven Come Home and you can listen there. And, you know, we have another production coming soon. Yay. Thank you both for taking time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.